0: Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your
1: host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part two on our conversation. We hope you enjoy. I think for me personally, realizing that a lot of the things that I am most passionate about that drive me the most are a response to violence that I've seen, um, and not like i had a very like not in my childhood i had a very mayberry wonderful childhood in a lot of ways uh, better than i say i can say this confidently and not not bragging just being honest i had an above average childhood um and because of that when i first started experiencing and witnessing violence around me um uh, being just like shocked And, like, why are we okay with this? And, like, because I grew up, like, I'm a boy, I have brothers. We turned every stick in the yard into a sword or a gun or a bazooka. So that kind of, like, play violence was celebrated a lot because we want to, as men, we want to defend and protect those we care about. And then growing up watching war movies, seeing, like, that's really honoring these guys who, literally died for things that we value and like so there was like this also this other side of it where well in order to protect those we care about we have to be violent and that was like just an idea that as a kid that i just thought and believed but then um, i really started calling that into question when i wanted to take ownership of my faith and trying to prove all the things that i believed internally I was going to say, well I'm gonna use the Bible and find all the verses and the reasons why Jesus says like this is okay to treat people this way or this is okay to um, what how do we choose how to live in regards to to violence like and the more I dug into who Jesus is the more I realized how much of a how much he lived by a very non-violence way of life like his whole way of doing things. Was redemption, which is nonviolent. But now that doesn't mean when I say nonviolence, I'm not talking about passivity where we're going to solve the problems with hugs and flowers and rainbows. Like, nonviolence is scary and people die because of it. And, but it's a different way. It's the way that Christ modeled that's really radical. That is, um, I think sears into our, into our minds. When we think of examples of people who practice nonviolence that really change things, number one example is how Christ literally experienced violence to change our lives by dying on the cross, an incredibly violent thing. But he, he changed the world through his lack of acts of violence towards others. And then a more modern day example is the civil rights movement that came out of the church. Um, where Martin Luther King and other leaders within that Christian world, because it's very much based in the church and it was led by acts of, they would do trainings on like, this is how you respond when someone's going to beat you. You don't beat them back because in that, in that way is we, the really beautiful biblical thing in that is if we can look eye to eye to the person who is oppressing, who is an oppressor or someone who is putting violence toward us, if we look at them in their face, And don't respond with violence. Not only are we highlighting the fact that they are human and they are hurting, but it highlights the fact that like, I love you more than you love yourself. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff that comes with that. But that whole thing for me of responding to violence that I see, whether it's homelessness or overdose deaths or people dying of things that they shouldn't die of. Seeing that it's directly connected to how Jesus lived for me. And it's very countercultural, the way that Jesus responded to violence. So that's just first, like, top of mind things. There's so many other, like, man, there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different things that come to mind with this.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's going to hit us all differently. Um mm. so yeah, thanks for sharing. I mean, thanks for sharing yep. those those thoughts. I really like um one quote, if I can find it here, Parker Palmer. He says that violence is what we do when we don't have <clears throat> sorry, violence is what we do when we don't know what to do with our suffering. Violence is what we do when we don't know what to do with our suffering. I think it's a really profound quote because I think I think a lot of people that you know appear to be very violent people and are violent people it's it's rooted in the violence that's been done to them right um I think every person at their core wants to feel loved wants to feel safe and wants to feel like they belong those are some of our core basic needs as human beings with a soul that were wired for relationality. And I think when we don't have healthy relationships, especially fundamentally, like with the people that were supposed to show up for us, like our parents, um, maybe a Sunday schools teacher or a coach when, when those kind of fun fundamental people in our lives when they don't show up, or when they do show up, they show up incredibly unhealthy and often violent. Um, it really does a number on people's, on people's uh, ability to cope emotionally and, and function. And that's not to, you know, I'm not trying to go off on a rabbit trail here, but like, like this, this conversation is going to hit a lot of people differently. And the reality is, it's like, it's the thing that like, I think John Maxwell said forever ago, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And, when when we experience pain, unfortunately, what t- like it can rewire our our genes, our DNA de- like literally the study of epigenetics, the whole idea that like people that go through severe violence and abuse, like it literally rewires their brain um, and conditions them to to have th- that potentially as, as a state of normal. And so why I say that is there's also the reality that some people are going to feel more comfortable and normal in a very violent context where other people who didn't grow up that way won't. And so you've got some people that will sabotage their relationships because if they feel too healthy, that starts to be uncomfortable for them. And so this is a, I just say all this say it's, it's complicated, isn't it? It's It's really complicated. Thanks for listening to this episode of the relational recovery podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with part three in our conversation. We'll see you then.